Good afternoon, it's ten past four on Cambridge 105. It's Tim in for Julian for what's actually the third Friday um, running for various reasons. Last Friday he, was, uh, he wasn't he was here because he was hosting a hustings um, for the uh, South Cambridgeshire constituency and a week later uh, he's not here because he's having a sleep, because he's been on all day, bless him. Um, but I'm here with uh, one of the candidates that was taking part in that hustings last Friday. Uh, Runner-up this year at the uh, South Cambridgeshire election, it's Dan Grief. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tim. Great to be back. It's good to see you again it's been a while when maybe the year before maybe last year at some sometime because you did a, you did a bit for us last year didn't you with yeah. the um with the referendum yeah there's a there's a program that i put together for the uh, referendum uh where i went to peterborough and also jason Abelwhite, if you remember i did that's live right yeah. from that yeah. as well um yes that was very interesting and uh yeah it's been a quiet year and now suddenly it's <laughs> come upon us yes well, I should start by congratulating you. And we were saying off air, it's it's a bit of a, a mixed feeling at the moment because we'll start by talking about locally. I mean, you've done very well locally. You increased your share of the vote again. Um, you didn't win, but did you really think you were going to win? Oh, good question. Well, all I know is, Tim, that two years ago, I was going to bring this up, but I didn't want to tell you when we're on <laughs> Two years ago, a certain Tim in front of me now said, your odds are winning, uh, you're the rank outsider, you're going to be, you know, behind UKIP, crying. Um, and I was reading from a script that was written <laughs> by somebody else. Oh, yeah, from, from Julian, <laughs> yeah. of course. Um, and yet, you know, look what's happened. I mean, OK, so any victory, really, is all about building up a movement, and that's what we've seen in South Cambridgeshire. So if you look at, like, two years ago, what happened there was we were talking to people in different communities, particularly Camborne, Sawston, Cottenham, some of the bigger villages, but equally some of the smaller ones too, where young families are moving to, where people who work in Cambridge, used to live in Cambridge and now are living, and many of our friends do, and they want something better for the future. So by having that conversation with them, we've, we've seen the movement grow. I mean, our membership's gone up threefold in the last two years. Mm. Um, and that means we're so much more active, we're more connected to communities. And that has been going on really for, I'd say, the last 18 months and the last year in particular is getting stronger. Um, so by the time this election came, this election campaign came around, it wasn't, it was a shock obviously, but it wasn't like it was totally starting from scratch. We actually already had that in place. Yeah. So, you know, my plan is, can we, could we win in this general election? I think it's going to be very, very difficult, but then I threw the kitchen sink at it so that I could really try my hardest and so did the, uh, the team around me. Can we win in 2022? Well, you know what? We're not going anywhere. We're still campaigning. Um, we're going to carry on. We're going to work with some of our, uh, you know, sort of communities to try and find out what the issues are. And uh, yeah, we're still here. We're going to keep keep on fighting until we do win. Mm. So uh, two years ago, you increased the vote um, share by 7.4%. This year, nearly 10%. So that's 17% in two years that you've eaten into. It's only 96 I don't like to boast. Wow. <laughs> 0.4%. But you see what I mean? In in what is has historically been a very uh, strong conservative area, Labour Party, you uh, eating into that into that lead. But the thing is, though, so many people in South Cambridgeshire feel a bit kind of left behind, and I can see why, because they don't feel their vote really counts for much when they support Labour, the Liberal Democrats or the Green Party. And I think this is a real problem, because they feel like they're, being in a safe seat, they have no chance of really moving the vote at all. So what's happened here, I think, which is the real difference, is that our manifesto really was kind of inspiring to just so many people. And that's what I was hearing on the doorstep. People were saying, you know, I'm not too sure about this or the other, but actually I found this in your manifesto, which I find really interesting. Now, when you have very little given to you from the Conservative Party, I mean, we had catchphrases, cynicism and attacks, and that was it. 
Um, and I think people in the end were choosing our manifesto over that and saying there's actually a bit of a vision here and a bit of hope that we can go for. And I think that is why we've done so particularly well this time, um, as well as the membership. The membership have really been... Uh, so kind of behind me on this and we've been working so much more closely this time between South Cambridgeshire and Cambridge as well, mm. helping each other, getting ideas through um, and that camaraderie is fantastic, I've really enjoyed it and I've, I've just met so many fantastic people and you know, a massive thank you to all of them You've had a great camaraderie as well with your other candidates, which is quite unusual to, for all of you to get on very well with each other. I was watching Heidi's acceptance speech um, last night, and she, you know, embraced all of you before she gave a speech and, and said that you know you are you are all friends, which must be quite difficult to be friends with with people in in that situation. But it's been a very very well fought um, fight in terms of you all getting on very well with each other, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, well personally, I have no issue with anybody there and you know Susan Vanderven was new to the lineup this year. Mm. Um what a wonderful person. She is genuinely one of the nicest people I've met in politics. She cares, you know, deeply. She was on the radio just the other day talking about how her father was assassinated um, and she's talking about terrorism and I think what a brave, strong person. Amazing. And I respect her personally. Simon Saggers again and Heidi are equally wonderful people. All I'd say is I just was opposed to some of their policies. Mm. Uh, in particular Heidi's. Um, I was also disappointed by her voting record, if I'm honest and that was coming up regularly as well. And I think it's, you know, you can say those things. You can actually be really constructive and make your arguments but it's not personal it's not attacking an individual it's just highlighting certain things you don't agree with and saying how you would do it differently mm. and one of the key things here i think and this is what probably all the candidates did was actually had a really positive campaign saying this is what we believe is right for this area um this is what we think is right for the country this is what we think about these issues if you don't agree with us ultimately it's not my job to have a go at them but rather you decide and that's what's happened you know in the ballot box people did decide yeah. What have you noticed the differences between the last time you were out canvassing, which was obviously only two years ago, and this time round? Are there any major differences this time? Obviously, there's a different agenda because Brexit wasn't on the agenda last time and it, and it very much was this time round. Um, I, well, I've changed, certainly, and the constituency's changing, and I've noticed that. And the reason that I've changed is because two years ago, I felt like I was a new boy on the outside looking in, really kind of going around trying to meet people as an outsider saying, what can we do for you? This time, the constituency's changed, and we've seen that growth happen, whereby now I feel like this is my constituency. I know these people, I know these issues. You know, going to Hardwick to the church fate and talking about how to open a doctor's surgery and, you know, and those kinds of issues, which I'm still going to be working on now, by the way. That's not going away. I still want to put pressure on so that we can work with Heidi to get results for people. Um, and I think the fact that we now have uh, a constituency which has really opened up to new options you know we're seeing Labour coming through as a really strong second party now and, and I think that's going to go further and what I want to take that into the next stages is to talk to all the Labour Party membership and anyone who wants to join our party you're more than welcome to join the team so that we can start winning district council seats as well because when we start doing that then we are really making progress and I can see South Cambridgeshire becoming a marginal one day um, it's just about believing in that so the change has been there's been real growth and you've seen that in the figures but equally there's that kind of sense of optimism now, I think, we didn't have before, that actually seats like South Cambridgeshire are not as safe as we once thought they were. Mm. You mentioned uh, looking ahead to the future and, and that you'd think it might become a marginal seat in the future. How do you... you and Presumably you're intending on standing again the next time there's the election. 
It could be in five years, it could be in five months, who knows? We'll come on to that later. Um, but how do you think that South Cambridge is going to change? Because the makeup of the, of the constituency is constantly changing. People are moving into the area, as we talked about earlier, from outside of the constituency. And obviously there's a lot of housing being built within South Cambridgeshire as well. And those people will move in and, and they might have different views to the the establishment at the moment? Well, I'll take your second point and I'll come to you first. So, on, on the regards to actual development in South Cambridgeshire, um, yes, what's happening is, of course, many villages are growing, some of them up to kind of 25% growth um, in housing, where developers are going in, they're building many, many houses, but we don't see the infrastructure being put into place. Uh, we don't see the services getting the money that they deserve. And that is a huge problem. So, yes to housing. Mm. Uh, you know, people need affordable housing as well outside of the city, but we have to really really make sure we also have the infrastructure in place so that our roads aren't growing to a standstill and services like libraries like doctor surgeries like schools which you know i think we've learned many lessons from campbell and that has to go in there so that means with these these families in the future and these people moving in we can really work with them now i mean there are six families in north stowe I went to North Stowe to knock on their doors to meet them, um, some of whom I did meet. And, you know, it's really important with that early kind of foundation of that community to start building now and say, right, let's get you on board. What do you need in this area? Because Labour's there to represent everyone's views, regardless of party. We're there to make life better for everyone in South Cambridgeshire. And about your first point about standing again, um, the way the Labour Party works, I absolutely love it. It's down to the members to choose who they want to, to stand. Um, I completely re respect that decision. Um, if I had the chance to stand again, I would love to. Um, but I completely bow down to the members and who they want. Um, but whatever um, happens with regards to the next candidate, I would support them wholeheartedly because, yeah, we are making real progress here as a team and it is a Labour team, it's not me as an individual. Mm. If I stand as an independent, I'd get nowhere in this, let's be honest. It's the Labour Party who are delivering because it's an optimistic mis mission and vision of hope. Yeah. One more point on the, <clears throat> on the local side of things before we move on and talk about how things are developed on the national scale. Um, it's still important to go around and knock on people's doors and meet people face to face, but also the growing world of social media has become ever more important, and, and that's something that shifted, developed in the last two years as well. And you've been you've been very much active on social media, haven't you? Oh yeah, I mean, in a snap election, I, I think it's crazy that people aren't. Um, you know, I kind of about eighty thousand people in a constituency, and it's a big constituency, South Cams. So you know, if you get if you put in twenty four hours a day, you're still not going to meet that many people. So I was going out on the doorstep. I was meeting people quite often alone in my in my own time. I was going out to meet as many people as I could. But equally, I was trying to make small videos wherever I was to say, like, I'm in your area now. If you want to talk, you're around, let me know. Um, and trying to get the debate going, not just on the doorstep with one person at a time, but as, with as many people as possible. Now, interestingly, as we've seen nationally, there's been a real move now where you can see young people getting involved in politics. And I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's just a flash in the pan. I think they're here now for the duration for every election coming along. And I think that generation is talking online much more than they probably are through getting a leaflet through their door. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a way that, for instance, there's there's a girl called Holly. I'm going to talk about her, actually. She contacted me to say she's not voted in the general election before. She's 19. And she contacted me on Twitter. We, we DM'd each other and we talked about, you know, some issues. So I had instant access to her to talk about the issues from the comfort of my front room. She, I don't know where she was. And so I was able to talk to her directly. And then she said, you know, I've talked to my mates about what you've said. There's a connection there. If I'd gone to her house during the day when she was at work, she might not have been there. So connecting on that level is so important. And I think we've got to use all avenues. You know, you can't you can't give up door knocking because that'd be ridiculous as well. You can't give up street.
boutique stores. We had many of those. But actually, social media is going to be the future for campaigning. Hmm. All right. Um, we'll take a quick break there. We'll do some travel. We'll play a song and we'll come back and we'll talk about um, maybe a bit about Cambridge City and the result there and then a bit about the uh, the national result as well. Yes, please. Uh, I'm joined uh, by Dan Grief, who stood as Labour candidate in the South Cambridgeshire constituency at the election this year. We talked about South Cams. Let's talk a bit about Cambridge City because you mentioned earlier there's a close relationship between South Cams and, and Cambridge City uh, this year. And um, Daniel Zeichner, he, he won. He won comfortably in the end, which I think most people thought was a bit of a surprise because Cambridge was thought of a marginal seat. Yes, um, fantastic. And I was actually there afterwards um, outside the Guildhall. Uh, there's kind of a, an open-air party going on. Um, and it, what was really interesting about that was that, I mean, I was probably at the top end of the age category uh, there. You know, it was really quite amazing to see all these students out celebrating. And just the kind of real optimism outside the Guildhall was amazing. When Daniel walked out, um, and if you if you do want to see what he said, I think it might be on the news tonight. Um, if not, I've tweeted it myself, his words. It was an amazing feeling to think that we've gone from kind of 599 votes above the Liberal Democrats to then going up by about 13,000 is incredible. And he said something really very poignant, and I think this is important as well to note. He said, we don't have kind of more Labour supporters in the city, but rather we've got people who voted Labour mm. and we've got to now work with them and deliver for them. And that's really important because it's about having that broader appeal to people in the city. And, and he's, he's the man to do that. He's had two fantastic years as our, as our MP and he's now there for, well, we don't know how long, uh, until the next election. And he will work with everyone in the city. And I think that's why the result's so good because, you know, we've had a Labour council in place for a few years now working with uh, residents to make sure services are really running well. Um, and that relationship has been built in every single ward. I mean, just to, just to go through some of the wards last night, Newnham, which is kind of a stronghold for the Liberal Democrats came out for Labour. Trumpington, where they had the only Conservative uh, councillor a few years ago, came out for Labour, uh, as did Castle. I mean, who would have thought that would have gone from, as it did in the local election, from independent and Lib, Lib Dem to Labour? So they're making massive steps in the city, and it's it's really, really exciting. Mm. A lot's being made today about about the, the youth vote and, and people voting for the first time and choosing Labour. Do you think that's quite a valid point, or do you think it's being made too much of? No, I think that generation really um, are on board. And I think they are hopefully woken up to the realities. We've seen that, you know, when it comes to young people, generally, they don't tend to vote as much as older people. Um, and, and actually, unfortunately, if you look at the way policy goes, legislation has uh, discriminated against that age group. And so I think we're now seeing them waking up to politics and realising that they have the power to decide. Uh, sorry to quote a hashtag from YouTube. But they do. And it's really exciting to think they're going to, uh, you know, they went to vote last year for the referendum and I was really worried that the, you know because they were you know generally remain voters they might be a bit kind of upset about voting because of what happened but that's not happened they've come back and they're voting in this election I think I it's think spurred people on to vote yeah. because I, I think they, be. they were you know if they voted remain they were angry about the result and they wanted to come out and, and give their thoughts this time and they have well and truly and you know that is a generation that does need to have public services it does need to have you know opportunities because when it comes to things like tuition fees we've seen that you know most of the politicians in parliament right now for instance have had very highly subsidized tuition fees or they've paid nothing at all and then for younger people to ask for the same right has been told that's some kind of you know uh, utopian ideal that's just impossible to deliver it's never going to happen and people are saying well why not why are we in the fifth largest you know, economy in the whole world where we have the 
top end of our society paying less and less tax, uh, the bottom end having harsher cuts all the time. Why is it we have socialism for the top of society and capitalism for the bottom? And they're saying, no, society's unbalanced, let's, let's change it. And if anything, that's what Jeremy Corbyn's message has been, and it's really played out well in, in, in Cambridge. Mm. In fact, the whole country, I'd suggest, is, is kind of seeing the surge towards Labour because we're trying to readdress some of the imbalance and the social injustice in society. Hmm. Let's talk nationally then. Um, I remember what I was doing last night when the exit poll came out. What, what were you doing and, and what did you think of it when it first was released? Because it was quite a surprise to most people, wasn't it? I was laughing, um, but <laughs> after that... Um, well, you know what? OK, so let's go on May then. So the, the sheer hubris that we've seen from May, um, go back five, six weeks ago. She called a general election because of the fact that she knew she was going to win a big stonking majority um, she, you know, her argument, I think, was undemocratic to say that she didn't want any division in Parliament whatsoever, as if somehow debate and discussion in Parliament is a bad thing. You have to have complete control of the chamber. That's just clearly not our system. So her arguments were quite poor, and actually she was trying to win an election because she thought she was ahead in the polls. So the, the hubris she displayed there was quite apparent. She then thought she could go to the country with no argument whatsoever, but rather just come out with personal attacks. I mean, strong and stable became a caricature of itself in the end. Um, if you look, kind of look at the kind of you know the way the MPs were coming out and just saying the same things again and again, we didn't see Boris Johnson for a long time. Uh, Philip Hammond, the, the Chancellor, was missing. She tried to keep all of her cabinet out of the way of this election and just come out with that line about her and how strong she was. So. Now that she has done so badly in this election, she would have to surely carry the can for that as well. And I, I could see this was going to happen, where the first hustings I went to, I was fully expecting to be attacked on Corbyn, to be attacked on the coalition uh, that they were saying that we were going to go into with other parties if we won, and the kind of usual Tory tactic of just attacking us personally. By the last hustings in Sawston, it was the other way around, and I was standing up saying, can we afford to go into the complete chaos of a May government? And I think, you know, we've, we've seen these things like U-turns in a manifesto pledge. That's not happened before. A party says, we're going to do this. By the way, no, we're not. The last budget, lest we forget, they had a, a change to the uh, level of tax for the self-employed, and they decided to U-turn on that as well. So, you know, the whole idea they had any sort of sense of strong and stable policies is quite a joke. And then when it comes to actually funding and costing their manifesto, they kept saying we have a growing economy, that's what we need to know. The British people are not stupid, and the British people will decide based on the best argument. And I think they could see through all that rubbish. So, you know, I, I think it's a really kind of sad reflection on her that she thought she could try and dupe the people of this country. And I'm so proud of our nation today that we've just basically said, no, you know what? You can come out with all these reforms, you can come out with all this rubbish and this nastiness, and we're going to say to you, I don't think so. And I think that is really positive. Now, at the moment, she, I think, is fatally wounded in politics. I think her, her government is fatally wounded as well. The uh, coalition of chaos, the DUP, we'll see what works out there. Um, I was talking to my dad actually this afternoon and he was saying, well, what's going to happen with the border with, uh, with Ireland? Because the DUP want a soft Brexit. They want more of a, you know, a sort of soft border with Ireland. She's going in there saying she's a tough woman and she's going to you know, tell the 27 other sovereign nations what to do, a bit like Trump talking to Mexico about paying for the wall. So it's going to be very interesting to see where they go now. And it, it, this is the thing that I think is unforgivable. We need stability as a nation for business, for everyone in society, for the value of the pound. Everything needs stability. 
Last year, we had that gambled on by the Conservatives when it came to the referendum because they thought they could win. And now she's gambled this time and lost. And that is unforgivable because that is actually of their own making. And it's going to be quite, a, a, I suppose, a very damaging thing in the future if we don't know how we're going to try and negotiate through Brexit. So who's going to lead Brexit, for, for instance? What is our plan? Where are we going? And who's going to be the leader in a few months' time? Because I, I can't see it being May. Mm. And so, ironically, we, we come out of the end of this and, and you say the, the, uh, the slogan that was being used, strong and stable, we are nowhere near that now because nobody really knows what's going on and, and the people have... Do they have confidence in, in what's going to be happening? I say we're all talking about we don't know when the next election's going to be. That, that suggests that we don't think that this government's going to last very long. We don't even know who the next Prime Minister's going to be. Um, is Boris Johnson getting himself ready now to kind of take over as PM? Um, or Michael Gove coming back? Or I don't know. It's 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 awful. And I was quite. I've got real mixed emotion on this because last night I thought to myself I was quite upset that Labour hadn't won a majority. Although let's be honest, 2015 was a really bad election result for us. And I think you know the loss of Scotland that was really really hard on us. Um, and the gains we have made have been fantastic. But it's we'd have to make really superb games to try and undo what we went through in 2015. So I was quite upset in a way we hadn't formed a majority. And then I was also kind of delighted the fact that we have come back so strong at the moment and, and just how that message, that vision of optimism has come through. But I'm actually ultimately really quite worried because I don't know where we're going now. And nobody does. And this is the worry. We're going into the European Union and the European Union has never cared about you know, who's in government in this country. They are only concerned about getting the best deal for them. And so we, what is our plan now? I'd like to know from a, a senior Conservative if they can tell us what is our plan for Brexit because we need to know now. This is not good enough to say, trust us, we've messed up a referendum, we've messed up the general election, but trust us on the third thing as if third time lucky. It's not good enough. Hmm. Well, time will tell and we'll find out. One last question, light-hearted question for you. Um, Heidi went to McDonald's last night after, um, after she won. Where, where did you go? I was with Daniel Zeichner in uh, Cambridge. Came to party in uh, yeah. the party I, I was of the singing the red flag, and as you see on the news today, that's uh, that's me uh, singing badly with my husky voice. Um, have yes. you seen the footage of her at McDonald's? I have seen the footage of her at McDonald's. <laughs> a very empty McDonald's. Um, well, it was like three in the morning, wasn't it? So, <laughs> and it's Caxton. It's not like it's the hub of um, yeah. Yeah, but look at the faces of the people there. You can see the staff are thinking to themselves, "Put your feet up, a oh, nice relaxing no. night." And then suddenly, got to stick the fries on again. A, a whole murder of, <laughs> of Tories turn up to. Uh, I don't know what the collective noun for a Tories is, uh, but a load of Tories turn up, and you know, with a, with a desire for Big Macs. Um, that's enough to ruin anyone's night. I want to know if she paid for everybody or whether she made them buy them herself. I don't know. <laughs> the, the clip that I saw. She was asking her mum was with her she said like, what do you want mum a cheeseburger what a cheeseburger so so I think cute. they actually said um, when they said you know this is the bill they said we're going to pay for that through a growing economy that's <laughs> what you need to know <laughs> oh dear right thank you very much Dan for You're coming in welcome. it's been a pleasure to chat